0: Episode 281 of What
1: Did You Watch This Week? My name is Mike. And as always, I'm John.
0: John, I'll be honest with you, I watched almost nothing.
1: Uh, Mike, I'll be honest with you, I didn't watch a whole heck of a lot either. Yep. And uh, and, uh, I I know in my case, there's not a lot on, and also uh, the week was kind of a blur. We had somebody who was out sick all week, we're still down a person... And I uh, I've just been completely burned out all week.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I watched I watched my wrestling this week like I normally do. Um, And then Friday night I went to um, the racetrack in Scarborough. I took my son to Day of Destruction so he could watch a bunch of cars, basically a rolling demolition derby. He loved it. and That's all that matters. Mm -hmm. Saturday night I went to wrestling. And then Sunday, we were gone all day on a day trip, and then we got home, and I was really tired. <laughs> like, mm. I was just wiped out tired. Um, You know, the wife and I, we watched the America's Got Talent finale. Probably the worst season I've ever watched, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, right from the jump, you had said that it wasn't good. Like, it's never come back, according to your reviews. <laughs>
0: Nope, not for me at least. You know, just as a whole, it just wasn't great this year. Like, none of the acts really captured me, captured me. Um, and then it's actually gotten to the point now where it's almost like, all right, well, there was this brilliant little girl that sang opera, like eight or nine or ten or something like that. Like, just absurdly young little girl that sang opera, and she was amazing. And my wife and I were just like, I hope she doesn't win because she'll be better <laughs> off if she doesn't win than if she wins. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Like, if she wins, she's tied down to a contract with them for however long it is for a show in Vegas. And that all sounds good. But with the talent she has, she'd probably be better off not winning and actually just focusing on, like, doing actual opera and not variety show stuff with America's Got Talent. Huh. Yeah. And then uh, The Magician that won. He had these like heart wrenching stories every week talking about him and his family of his adopted children and on and on and on. And and it's like, all right, well, when you do your first act and you tell a heart wrenching story about your family to go along with whatever magic it is you're doing, that's kind of neat. But when it's every single act, there's no variety. It's like, you know what I mean? It just it, it gets old and it just doesn't it's not. It's like how how would anyone sit and watch a an, uh, ninety minute show or seventy five minute show of this guy when every single magic act he does has this heart wrenching story and I oh. say heart wrenching in almost a sarcastic way to be honest mm-hmm. by the end of it but you know like that's the whole point of it is every you know every act he does is gonna be this amazing and and then sometimes like the actual magic itself isn't that great or it's not that like, it's kind of like okay I wonder how he did that but it doesn't blow you away. Mm-hmm. It's it's like he's double he's it's it's like he's um, counting on the, uh, the emotional heartstrings
1: getting you through mm. you know what I mean like 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 one of those people who will tell a five second long story but they do it over a course of like fifteen minutes yes and they over embellish it and they take you down this rabbit hole and this rabbit hole you know build you all up and and you're like where's the payoff and you finally get to the end and you're like cool story but That's a shitty payoff. So was it like that or? Yes. Because you said that like the the tricks were okay.
0: Yeah, the magic was just okay. I mean, I couldn't do it, obviously, but like it, it was just the magic was just okay at best. Yeah, that's too bad. But yeah, no, that's actually precisely the right way to describe it. They're like the payoff. Like by the time you get to the actual payoff of it all, it's like, okay, who cares? (laughs)
1: <laughs> you you could have saved me 15 minutes of my life. Yep. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. But so yeah. he won the whole thing.
0: Yeah. So he won America's got talent and it's almost kind of like, Oh, that's too bad.
1: Well, I mean, at least it wasn't that girl that you didn't want to win for the right reason.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um, we watched uh, the last uh, the season finale of uh, Deadliest Catch. At least I believe it was the season season finale.
1: What was that season? Four hundred and sixty three or something? Seventeen. Mm.
0: Yeah, it was a good one. Uh, geez, one of the guys. Almost rolled his boat. Like, and they got like they have all the footage of it. Like of um, he was trying to come into to port to offload, and the the, the raves were like bad and the people were like yeah i think you can make it into the cannery and so he kind of went for it and then the waves kicked up and literally like the boat went on its side and looked so like it like looked scary as shit and like the camera crew was on the boat and everything it's one of the scariest like actual moments i've ever seen on the show with like one of the boats that they've been following for years and years and years Mm -hmm. yeah and um like the producer like the producers don't you don't you don't usually hear them talking cuz they, they, they you, you know the, the the captains are in the crew they're talking to the camera they're not talking right. to the, the cameraman no in this case you know they were talking to each other and like there's water dripping off the ceiling of the of the cabin because you know they rolled on its side and water got in it <laughs> Damn. Yeah, it was it was pretty scary. And like Wild Bill, the, like the old guy who's the captain. I call him an old guy because he looks like an old, old guy, like and he's in his sixties or something.
1: And he's probably he, like twenty three.
0: No, no, he well he's maybe younger, but yeah, huh. he's just like <laughs> he basically was like, it's the scariest moment I've ever had on any boat in my life. And mm-hmm. the producer was like basically telling him how big of a badass he was because like when the boat went on its side. And everyone was everything fell over and stuff was going on. He never let go of the
1: controls. (laughs) Oh.
0: Yeah. Like he was so um yeah. So that was some good stuff. And but otherwise, the only other stuff I watched is uh Ted Lasso and What We Do in the Shadows.
1: Huh. That we talk about. Uh you didn't watch What If? I did not.
0: I completely forgot. Well, shit. I legit completely forgot. It was just one of those hectic kind of like crazy ass weeks where I found myself sitting there last night. I almost messaged you like and said, I only watched this and this. Did I forget something? <laughs>
1: um,
0: what if so, Killmonger Russell rescued Tony Stark? Huh?
1: Yep. Um, so... So, skipping what we talk about, so what we do in the shadows and Ted Lasso, I have been continuing to watch Fantasy Island. It is definitely a background show. It's not bad because they still do the same formula. You know, each week someone comes to the island and they have a fantasy, and it's one of those, you know, genie wish, be careful what you wish for kind of things. Sure. Um, the fun thing with this week was uh, it was these three women who were there to celebrate. Uh, One of them was turning 50. And so they each had their own individual fantasies. And uh, I'm looking at them. Like I said, it's a background show and I kept glancing over and I'm like, that one looks like Daphne Zuniga. And so I Googled it and I'm like, that is Daphne Zuniga. Huh? Okay. So she's playing the overly tired woman who had children at 47 and it ended up being triplets. Um, so her fucking life. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, but then I looked at the other two actresses and one was Josie visit and one was somebody else who I didn't recognize, but apparently all three of them were on Melrose place together. So, I mean, I knew Daphne Zuniga as princess Vespa from space balls, but apparently these three were all on, uh, uh, 90210 or Mel- sorry, Melrose place at one point. Okay. And, uh, now they were back together, so that was kind of cool. But it's it's definitely not a hard sell of a show. It's just it's Fantasy Island, you know? Yeah. Like I said, genie wish each time, and be careful what you wish for. You just might get it. Um, I watched the first episode of the new season of Tacoma FD. Uh, it, funny show. Always a funny show. Uh, they did their own take on COVID-type stuff, except for it wasn't COVID. It was um, a simian flu. And... Uh, dealt with being quarantined in the station house and uh, yeah it was funny if you like that show it's good Uh, we watched the finale of Crime Scene Kitchen which went quicker than I expected. Like I said, you know, they had the two teams, because you've seen some of it now. They have the two teams of six, and each episode they switch back and forth and whittle one off until both teams only have three each. Then they merge them to have another six person team. Um, and then they eliminate one set, they eliminate one set. When they get down to four, uh, that's the semifinals. So they eliminate the final one, and then the finals is three of them all. Going against each other, and they pick one winner instead of picking one to be removed. So it was good. Um, the the couple that won was the ones that I expected uh, based on most of what I was watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was still quite enjoyable. Uh, I like the show. I like the concept. I'm looking forward. The the best episode so far was the one where Ken Jong came on as a guest, and uh, you got to watch him and Joel McHale picking on each other it was phenomenal. You know, he's like, Oh, what you come here to take my show too. And he's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. About the finale. You're not going to be hosting that anymore. Or when he, uh, addressed the panelists and he was like, you know, I'm, I am here to tell you, give you a hint about my favorite dessert. Joel's like, let me get shortbread. Cause he's very short.
0: I I know. I get it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, and then i also watched the first episode of bj novak's new uh, anthology series on hulu called the premise and it was good like it was equal parts like it was it had some comedic beats to it um it was like a black mirror kind of thing the premise of the first one is they're half hour episodes and i'm not going to give it all away but i got to give like the overview because you could read it right in the write-up basically there's this guy who he sits down to jerk off to an old sex tape that he made of him and his girlfriend by sex tape i mean he put his he put a camera up and he recorded them having sex and he sits down to jerk off to it and realizes that out his window he videotaped a a uh, scene where these two officers rolled up on a black kid and one of them tripped and fell down and broke his shoulder. And they're claiming that he assaulted the officer and and he's going to go to jail for like 15 years for assaulting an officer. Uh, But this guy has video showing that that isn't what happened, but it's on his sex tape. So outstanding. It's it's more than outstanding. Honestly, like I just hearing that you think that it's going to be comedic because, you know, it's going to be like, oh, let's put him through these beats and oh, ho, oh, oh.
0: ho. oh, actually, no, I don't at all. I think it's going to be very like intense, if you will.
1: It it was like not overly insanely. I wouldn't say that it was like law and order intense, but it was definitely intense because they touched upon all the things that you may not think about. I really highly recommend it. It was good. I really enjoyed it, and it it gave me a lot to think about. Um, you know, the guy was trying to do the right thing, and uh, some of the stuff that he got dragged for was pretty insane. So, yeah, I definitely give that one a sell. Uh, check it out. It's on Hulu. Um, I think they're doing one episode a week, but. What's yeah, the name of it, it again? It's called The Premise. Premise. And uh, <laughs> BJ Novak comes right on in the beginning and he's like, hi, this is my show. And, uh, oh, nope, there is another episode at least. Maybe they're all here. Nope, just two episodes up there. Uh, the second one it says is Moment of Silence. Oh, and it's John Barenthal. I like After, him. After losing his daughter to gun violence, a grieving father pursues a new job as a PR director at the National Gun Lobby, where he's befriended by a co-worker who starts to suspect the man's motives may be, Oh, so that'll be interesting. Huh, okay. Yeah. But it's an anthology, so every week is different actors, different scenarios, but they're all, like I said, Black mirrorish, so they're yep. all kind of current. Um, yeah, definitely recommend it.
0: I'll have to check that out.
1: I did not watch any more of Only Murders in the Building or Why the Last Man because, like yourself, I was just busy all week. Like I said, work just drained the hell out of me. When I got to this weekend, uh, I was just absolutely shot. I was exhausted and drained, like yourself, you know, just yep. couldn't get out of my own way. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, last night I sat down and I thought about watching Cry Macho. Like, I looked at it, I'm like, all right, it's only eight o'clock. I put this on. It's an hour and 45 minutes. It'll be over by 945.
1: I just think I'm too tired. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I definitely feel you on that one, man.
0: So is what if good?
1: I'm not going to say whether it was good or bad because I kind of like, uh, what was it? The, um, what if the Avengers all died? Yeah. The same way there, you know, I want to, get your take on this because i thought it was so interesting how with what how, uh what if the avengers died how i didn't like it and then you went into it fresh and liked it a lot so yeah. i i want to see how this one plays out as well
0: okay all righty
1: but other than that for shows yeah like i said uh, it's ted lasso and what we do in the shadows
0: so, with what we do in the shadows, um, in this episode, the gang goes to Atlantic City because Laszlo's alleged best friend is getting married.
1: <laughs> Remember? From the superb owl party.
0: Yeah, oh yes. I recall. <laughs> um, so... We get some new added vampire lore in this episode. Mm. And the vampire lore is that they must sleep with uh, dirt from their not celestial. um, Ancestral. Ancestral. Thank you. Homeland. And that's what helps give them powers and this and that and everything. And I got to say, I think that's a dumb concept.
1: Uh, It goes all the way back to uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, though. Because he had to be shipped across the uh, ocean, surrounded by his ancestral soil.
0: Oh, that's actually true, isn't it? Yep. Okay. Well, in this case, they have they get they bring a baggie of it with them when they go to the hotel, and they sprinkle it under their bed. <laughs> it helps them slumber, helps give them power, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, well, the maid comes in and vacuums it all up.
1: <laughs> while Colin Robinson is sitting right there watching his favorite TV show which is
0: only on a casino which is like the remember at the hotels where you'd go and turn the TV on they'd have like a introductory video Mm-hmm. well that's what he was addicted to it's his favorite <laughs> show he was binging
1: <laughs> God, I
0: so they send Guillermo so you think they're going to send Guillermo back to the house to get some dirt, but apparently they send them he they, they send him to their ancestral homelands, which is like France, England, and just outside of northern Iran or Iraq, mm-hmm. so he can get a bag full of dirt and uh-huh. bring it back with him, so they because can of, slumber and get their because powers. Because at
1: the very least, uh, Nandor like took all of his dirt.
0: Ah, and okay. he said
1: that, and he was like, oh, I'm taking all of it. I'll take all the dirt for some ungodly reason. All
0: right. Like, I don't remember that. Okay. I didn't remember him saying that. So that makes sense now. Also, Guillermo is dealing with the fact that uh, he's not just a familiar anymore. He's the bodyguard, mm-hmm. and the others have to accept that and not treat him so poorly. So they have the most superficial conversation with him. Like, do you have interest? Well, yeah, of course I have interest. Oh, great. We all have interest. (laughs) (sighs) It was a good episode, but uh, so far the season hasn't been the best.
1: No, Uh, this was another episode where Nandor made mention of not having a girlfriend. Like he was specifically talking about, uh, I can't remember what it was, but he was, He was talking about being in Atlantic City and he was like, yes, but uh, not for people who don't have a girlfriend. And he was like bummed about it. Like this seems to be a running theme, but like a very low level theme. Like it's always there, but it's not like the the absolute focal of each episode.
0: Yes, I'm sure that's going to come to pass by the end of the season.
1: Yeah, like maybe we're going to hook up with a new vampire and she'll be in season four. Yeah, perhaps.
0: Some sort of slow build of that nature. Yeah. Um, Ted Lasso.
1: Ted Theodore Lasso.
0: Ted Theodore Lasso. Um, So I accidentally watched three episodes this week. Yes. Um,
1: so, so I, so I up messaged
0: two. you. I messaged you to say, oops, I watched three by accident. My bad, but it's just I, I got hooked.
1: It's an easy one to fall into like that. Mm hmm. I
0: believe it. I, I agree with that statement. Um, let's see here. Which episodes were they? They were
1: five, six, and seven.
0: Okay. All right. So episode five, the big story there was Nate bringing his parents to a restaurant for their anniversary, and um, yeah. Well, that's not the big story. That was kind of like the backstory. You know, he goes to a restaurant. It's not even a big fancy restaurant. And like they won't reserve him the table at the window. They'll give him the table in the back. And when it's his place, his mother loves. And so. uh, Keely and Rebecca basically help teach him how to be forceful, assertive and confident. So that way he can hopefully. You know present himself in a good manner to get what he wants and mm-hmm. it works because at the end you know they try to seat him in the back and he goes up and he talks her into it and she's gonna seat them at the window table and then he asks for a phone number and she says no i have standards yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but also uh in this one we have the new captain uh isaac is is struggling and his role as captain And so Ted gets Roy, kind of suckers Roy into helping um, Isaac. And he does so by bringing him to like a local pickup game where he kind of gets schooled at first and then gets in on it and and starts playing well and gets, you know, and Roy's like, you know, doesn't think anything of it. um, Until later on when he's, and and then, you know, Ted offers him a job as being an assistant coach. And uh, Roy refuses it. And then he's doing his pundit job there. And they make the comment of like, oh, there's your team Richmond. And and it looks like, you know, team captain, you know, Isaac is uh, back to himself and it shows like, you know, them out there on the field during warmups. And he is, uh, you know, he's, he's reacted from what Roy helped him with by doing some of the stuff he was doing with the, uh, the, the, the guys, they play guys and girls, they played the pickup game with. Yeah. So Roy has this moment where they ask him like, you know, what do you think of this new 17-year-old? And he's like, what do you mean what I think of him? I don't think anything about him. Like, I don't know what he thinks. He's 17. And he makes some sort of comment I'm having a wank and this and that. And he's like, none of us know any idea what's going on there. We can't see into their eyes. We're not being effective here. We're just looking in from the inside and guessing what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I, I got to go. And he gets up and he's taking his stuff off. And the guy goes, but Roy, and he's like, I have to go. And he leaves, and we get this big music montage scene. Not really a montage, but a musical scene of Roy traveling from the studio to the field. And he somehow makes it there before it starts. And there's just this awesome scene at the end where he walks out on the field as the music comes to a crescendo. And the fans see him. They start chanting. And Keely's like, oh, my God. And he just walks up. And um, the whole theme of this episode was rom-coms. Mhm. And them quoting different rom-coms and this and that. Even Ted like at one point he's like, "I'm just a boy standing here in front of another boy ask him to be his assistant coach." You know what I mean? And this <laughs> and that and yep. And Roy walks up and he goes uh and Ted goes, "Roy, uh, it's great to see you." He goes, "Shut up. You had me at coach." And yeah. Coach Beard's face drops open, you know, cuz yeah, Jerry go- Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> but that whole scene of Roy walking out there, it got it got great right in the feels.
1: Mm. <clears throat> it's we a got, good it's a good show for that, you know. Yeah. We we've said it a few times. This is one that tugs at the heartstrings.
0: It really does,
1: <clears throat> and it does it quite well.
0: <laughs> yes. <clears throat> uh, episode six. You want to break it down? Break it
1: down. Oh God, I um, got to, uh,
0: Um, I got to look Coach it Beard, up because. Coach Beard gets back with Jane.
1: Oh God, yeah.
0: Um, and uh, what's his face, Jamie? You know, the 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 Roy basically tells tells Ted that he ruined Jamie.
1: Yeah. So the uh, the fun thing about Beard and uh, Jane is nothing. There is right. nothing good about Beard and Jane. Um, the signal, that's what it was called. So, um, we all, this is one of the few things on this show that is kind of dark and twisted. Um, but we, uh, you know, when we first see Beard meet Jane, we think, oh, you know, she's intellectual and, and he's kind of intellectual and they're hitting it off that way. You know, this will be a good pairing, but every time we've, we've seen a hint of them, it's always been like passing comments and it's always been stuff like, you know, beard saying something along the lines of, uh, yeah, we had a fight. She threw my keys into the river. It's always over the top. And it's always like, you get the sensation very quickly that this is a toxic relationship. Like, he keeps coming back for more, whether it's because he likes that kind of thing, or he thinks that he doesn't deserve any better. And she is just, um, right. Absolutely toxic. Like she's broken up with him many times. He's broken up with her a few times. Um, But they get back together in this one, and everyone's just like, oh, okay, okay. And Higgins is actually – Higgins apparently is like the relationship guy because the previous episode, Rainbow, you know, he was talking about how him and his wife are the perfect couple, and they've been together this many years, and he had this whole romantic story. So in this one, he's like, do you think that's a good idea, getting back together? And they're all like, whoa, 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 whoa." And basically everybody – I mean, Rebecca, Keeley, everybody tells him, do not talk to somebody when they're having this happen. Don't – don't. Tell them that it's wrong. Don't get involved. Just let it happen because Rebecca's mom has come to town as well. This was episode six, right? Yeah. Rebecca's mom came to town and she's like, yep, your father and I are getting a divorce. And Rebecca explains to everyone later on, you know, this happens every couple of years. They they quote unquote break up and um, then her dad will make amends by buying some green efficient thing like in this case it's a tesla and it's all fine and she's like i i made the mistake in college of congratulating her and saying good you don't deserve him and then when they did get back together she wouldn't talk to me for nine months so that's kind of like the the lesson that they're trying to drive home to beard um meanwhile higgins just can't he can't stomach it. Like he's listening in on one of these conversations where, uh, Jane, like Jane and beard, start their conversation. She's like, he's like, I was just thinking of you. And she's like, what were you thinking about? And he's like, I was thinking that if we broke up again, I'd throw myself off a cliff and die at the bottom. And she's like, well, I'd put my body right underneath it. So that you had to land on me and take me with you. So that we'd never be apart again. Like it's oh. horrid. It's horrid. And, uh, yeah, then so she's, rough. Like, she's like, yeah, I just wanted to let you know that I'm uh, headed to lunch with, aaron or something like that and he's like who's aaron oh that's my uh my old friend he's an underwear model for abercrombie and he wants me to look through a uh, photo shoot that he did so uh bye you know literally just telling him this to fuck with him and he kind of flips out a little bit in beard fashion which is you know and higgins is like no i gotta say something and everybody keeps telling him don't say anything don't say anything don't say anything and uh he finally does. He's like, look, just, and he tells beard and beard. It looks like he's going to freak out on him and he actually hugs him. And he's like, thank you. I know it. I know it has to be said. We're never going to talk about this again. He's like, yep, that's okay. And then, you know, he goes to walk out of the park and there's Jane scaring him and changing his hat out for an Oliver twist one, because apparently that's one of her kinks. Flat cap. Yep. Yep. Um, so while that's going on, we've got, uh, Like you said, uh, Roy basically tells Ted, you broke Jamie. Jamie was a prick. Jamie was a selfish solo prick who could play the game by himself. And you made him do teamwork and you made him pass to people and hand off the ball and nobody's scared of him anymore. You need him to be a prick sometimes and get out there and fucking fuck with the other team. And I love the exchange when he told Jamie this and uh, Ted kept like kind of poking in the side and he'd be like you know well well when is he supposed to be a prick because jamie's like so you want me to be a prick and he's like no not all the time there'll be certain times he's like well how will i know uh yeah yeah how will he know how will we both know and then he's like there'll be a signal and jamie's like well what's the signal and ted's like yeah can you fill us in on the signal like is there anything you can tell us about the signal and he's like you'll know when you see it He's like okay so and basically it's uh it's all of them flipping him off which you had to see that because okay. it's fucking Roy Kent.
0: See, this is my favorite part is when Roy goes, "Ah, oh, Jamie." And he looks over and all four of them are flipping him off. He's getting eight birds and Jamie's just looking at him confused and then he goes, "Oh." You know like it didn't even click straight away. Like I think that was the best part. He's like, "Okay." And, "Oh." And um I like when they're like, "Well, that was certainly different." And then someone's like, oh, I think Ted Lasso's finally getting our sense of humor <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, or fitting in over here or whatever. Yeah, he's I don't finally know.
1: adopting to our
0: culture. Adopting to our culture, yes. Um, so
1: the the uh, the catalystic kind of thing for this was, um, well, one of the problems that this caused was that right after that, Jamie scored. You know, which is good, you would think. You know, Jamie basically goes to the guy that's defending him, and he's like, hey, fucker, guess what I'm going to do? You're going to foul me, and then I'm going to score from way back here. And true to fashion, he does. So everybody's cheering Roy, and oh, my God, you're amazing. You're so wonderful. And Nate's starting to feel dejected, you know, because he was a coach, and then Roy got brought on. Now everybody's chanting Roy's name, and everybody loves Roy, and Roy just got them to score in this impossible game. And, you know, he's kind of pouting a bit. So, uh, <clears throat> the match goes on a little bit longer and Ted kind of has a meltdown. Like he, he internalizes everything of course, but he has a meltdown because, uh, it, it's that plus he, he got a call earlier from the school that his son forgot his lunch for the field trip. And they were like, Hey, can you bring it? And he's like, I'm over in England. And they're like, Oh, never mind." His mom just pulled up. And so he's kind of realizing that, you know, he can't be there to be a dad. He can't just. Drop what he's doing and go like he could before. Uh, And he basically just hightails it off the field in the middle of the match. And it throws everybody. His team lets a goal go through because of that. And uh, everybody is thrown. Like the fans watching, the team, everybody. Nate capitalizes on that and comes up with an idea that, well, wait. Now we're tied up. We need a goal, but they also need a goal, so why don't we just play defense and let them fuck up? And we never actually get to see it happen, but it works, and they actually score a goal and win it. And now it's all Nate. You know, Nate was wonderful, and he does that interview where he says that he – I'm not some kind of wonder kid. And they're like, I think you mean wonder And he's like, uh, maybe, yeah. So now he's, he's wonder kid in that interview. And uh, that's when we start heading into the next episode.
0: Well, also in in this episode, when Ted leaves the field, Rebecca sees he's leaving the field and kind of chases him down Mm, and she can't find him, can't find him, and no one can seem to find him. And then when the therapist, Doc Sharon there, when she is uh, uh, the game's over and they're like, oh, come out with a drink for uh, with us. And she's like, nope, all right, I'll this one time, but I have to do this paperwork first. So she heads up to her office, and that's where we see
1: Ted is. Yes. We should also mention that throughout these two episodes, um, their new sponsor, Banter, that app yeah. where there's no pictures, there's no media sharing. It is just texting back and forth and talking to each other, which is kind yeah. of a cool concept when you think about it. It um, really is. Uh, Rebecca has been flirting with this guy that she she's never met him, obviously, doesn't know what he looks like. But, you know, he seems to be really cool, really sweet. He quoted a, a philosopher to her, uh, but also his favorite movie is Ratatouille. And, you know, <laughs> I love when Keeley like flips out. She's like, hey, it's a goddamn masterpiece. <laughs> but yeah, so she's been flirting with some mystery person on there.
0: And that happens, yeah. And, and they kind of uh, red herring it at one point, make us think it's Ted.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of fell for that one when at the end of this next and...
0: episode.
1: Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. no, I'd it, say right in the middle of this next episode.
0: Thought it was near the end, but regardless, um, we have Ted having his couple therapy sessions with Sharon. Um. And it's interesting because basically Ted's first thing, they go in and sit down and and he's immediately defensive. Mm -hmm. And he basically is like, I don't believe in it because you you charge by the hour, don't you? Yep And how long is a session? 50 minutes. Okay. So he basically says like, you don't know me. You pretend to know me. You charge me a full hour for 50 minutes of work. That's why, you know, that's one of his many reasons why he thinks therapy shit that. And he didn't have a great experience with him and his wife tried couples therapy. So he storms out. Next session, he comes back and she basically tells him, oh, I was offended because don't you get don't you care about your players? Yeah. and Don't you get paid? He goes, well, I don't care about the money, but you get paid, don't you? Yeah. OK, well, I care about my patients. You know, so she basically he, he apologizes and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seems they start kind of having a good meeting, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh.
1: The title of this episode, by the way, is called Headspace because it deals with the headspace of multiple people.
0: Yeah, like Roy basically, um, he starts spending all his time with Keeley, but it's because they live together. They kind of work in the office together now that he is a, a coach and she's working for the team as well. And it's funny because whenever Keeley tries to talk to Rebecca about it, she complains that he's being overbearing. Roy doesn't realize it. Roy will show up and be like, you talking about me? And they're all like, yup. He's (laughs) like, okay, you're ready to go. And he, he doesn't care because as he says later on, um, I just figured it was normal chat. I don't care what you're saying, but if you're telling everybody that I'm being some pathetic Muppet that can't go on without you, well then now I'm pissed off. Yep. So he storms out and basically, um, (sighs) And in one of those amazing moments, he's coaching some of the people on the team, and (laughs) it's Jamie because Jamie's complaining that Roy won't coach him, and finally he does, and that's in the previous episode. So in this one, he's coaching him, and he's mad because he's like, Jamie, why didn't you run in there? He's like, because why didn't you run in there? He needed your help. No, he didn't. Well, yes, he did. He's like, no. And like basically Roy's pissed because Jamie's disagreeing with him. But again, Roy has his bias that he hates Jamie to begin with. But then someone else on the team speaks up and goes, no, coach, I think Jamie's kind of right. And Jamie's like, yeah, the last thing he needs me to do is to pressure him and get in closer and and feel like I'm right. He's right on top of I'm right on top of him when he really just needs a moment alone so he can get out of the pickle he's in or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And Roy's sitting there and he just goes like, fuck. And storms off, and Jimmy's like, Did I do something wrong?
1: He's like, I didn't say anything wrong this time. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. And it's because he realized you know the, the analogy of his relationship with Keeley. Mm-hmm. So he makes it up to her, you know. Um Nate's a dickhead. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like this episode, he the whole beginning of the episode is him being arrogant, pompous. Uh, They are getting pompous prick because the Twitter's all about how great he is, and he's a wonder kid, and he's this and this and this and this and this, and and he's shitting on some people on the team and being a jerk to him, including the new um, uh,
1: utility boy there.
0: Yeah, 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 Will. And, and, you know, they make him a a jersey that says wonder kid on it as, like, a joke, but at the same time as in, like, hey, you did awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then...
1: It's an official team jersey,
0: like right, exactly. It's cool, and then Twitter starts shitting on Nate, and then Coach Beard basically makes him realize that he's being a piece of shit. Um, so Nate apologizes to everybody, except the the young utility guy, Mm -hmm. the young kid who's who's like you know the the towel boy, if you will. Um, still shits on him pretty heavily.
1: Oh, like marches right in there, throws the yeah. shirt at him off screen, and is like, if you ever do anything to humiliate me again, I will destroy you. Complete prick.
0: Yeah. So I'm interested to see where that goes. Because he's insecure about Roy coming in. Yeah. And he's insecure about his life. Mm-hmm. And then he you know he gets some good praise on Twitter and immediately goes to his head. Yep. And he's basically been a dick to the to the the, the, the towel boy ever since he got promoted from towel boy to coach and they brought in the new towel boy.
1: Exactly. Yep. I, uh, I, there was one scene in the previous episode that I absolutely loved. And it was, uh, when Jamie came in and he was like, snapping at everybody in the room because uh no like roy wouldn't coach him and none of them were going to help him with it and he called them all philistines yeah god philistines you won't do this and blah, blah blah and they're like nope and uh like everybody else clears out and beard's still there and he looks at beard and uh he said something along the lines of like you know uh you and i don't talk at all and he goes then it's working Yeah, yeah. And Jamie starts to walk out of the room and he goes, you're going to want to look up Philistines.
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I thought, yeah, you and I had never seen anything to talk about. Then it's working.
1: (laughs) Just goes right back to reading his book. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah. Yeah. Good times. All right. Hold on. Uh Uh-oh holding on
0: a person philistines the definition is a person who is hostile or indifferent to culture in the arts or who has no understanding of them yeah he, he <laughs> used the word incorrectly very incorrectly <laughs> yeah i wanted the uh, technical
1: definition so
0: <laughs> did you watch any movies this week
1: uh one but it was just a rerun what about you no would you watch for a movie uh disney's hercules oh yeah how come uh while we were out and about we were uh at one point I was driving and Julia was going through my uh, Spotify and different playlists that I had created and albums that I had liked. And she's like, you have the Hercules soundtrack on here. I went, fuck yeah. I also have the Aladdin soundtrack and the Lion King soundtrack. And she's like, are you my fucking soulmate? And I was like, God damn right. I am. So we sang along to a few of those songs. And then she was like, I've seen that in years. So when we got back, we fired it up and watched Hercules. Oh,
0: OK. Wesley and Adda Kate the other night during his shower were singing the the fast food song. Um, uh, McDonald's, McDonald's, the Kentucky Fried Chicken and a Pizza Hut. McDon- that song.
1: I'm not and, aware of that song.
0: Well, it's at the very be- I, 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 he must have seen it on YouTube or something. I don't know. Okay. Um, but it's at the very beginning of Super Size Me. Oh, and it's on prime. So I put it on just to watch the beginning of that, just to, you know, like, ha, ha, ha. And up watching the whole damn thing.
1: <laughs>
0: nice. So I did watch that. I actually would like it if he did an updated version.
1: Didn't he do a second one?
0: He did, but it wasn't, it was about it, yes and no. Yeah. Okay. He did, but it wasn't exactly the same. It was more about like, um, it was called Supersize Me Too and it had to do with chicken. Essentially, he started his own fast food restaurant that sold chicken sandwiches. Oh, and he just right. basically just went through the process of like, oh, to ha- technically have free range chicken, you only need to give them like two square feet of space to walk around in. And that's free range. Like the technicalities of what all this stuff means. Like he went through that. It was, it was very interesting, but yes, I would like to see some updated facts and statistics that he dropped on us back in 2004 when that came out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I actually went to, I went to the theaters and saw that. I saw that at uh, railroad square cinema in Waterville.
1: Good gravy, my man. So. Yep. That was a while ago. Yeah. Actually I think I might have gone with you for that. You
0: did actually. You we yeah. went together. Yep. Yeah. I was thinking about it. I'm like, okay, you know. I went with you to that and then Jay and I went and saw I Still Believe the Red Sox documentary that came out that same year at Railroad Score Cinema as well. Or came out the next year.
1: Thanks.
0: So yeah, yeah, you and I went and saw Super Size Me.
1: Yeah, I do remember that now.
0: <sighs> but trailers, you sent me a few trailers.
1: Yeah, there were, there were a number of them, um, and some of them are, are a little more pertinent now. So, apparently, NBC has a couple of shows coming out this fall that are new, and uh, one of which uh, I sent you was Ordinary Joe, and that actually premieres tonight.
0: Yeah, it doesn't do anything for me.
1: I'm interested. Uh, basically, a guy who is playing the what-if card, and, you know seeing it looks like he's seeing his life uh as if it's an episode of what if but like each episode of the show we're going to see like a different part of the path that he would have gone down like what if he had become a police officer like his dad what if he had become a rock star what if he had become a doctor you know different paths in life that he you know made choices and ended up in different places so i always appreciate that kind of thing it's an nbc one so i'm not I, I I know that it's probably gonna be a lot more fluff than I'm ready for, but I'm still gonna yeah. check it out. Um and then La Brea. What did did you have thoughts on that? That's a show that's gonna be on that I'm not gonna watch. <sighs> it's um it, it's Natalie Zia, which I like, but at the same time I was like, I don't know if I care enough about this. You know? Yeah. Yeah,
0: no, I'm not going to watch it.
1: Um, and then Steven Spielberg's West Side Story.
0: Yeah, that looks interesting. I mean, it's basically West Side Story. I didn't know he was doing one.
1: Uh, nor did I. Uh, it seems like an odd thing to just come out of nowhere and be like, Steven Spielberg's doing it.
0: Yeah, it does seem pretty weird. Um, my wife and I will watch
1: it together, though. Most mm-hmm. likely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And then, let's see, I Know What You Did Last Summer is becoming a Prime TV series.
0: Yeah, I had heard about that just like the week before, two weeks ago, and then you sent that, you know, the trailer. And I got to say, I
1: just don't care. Yeah, I don't either. Um, The original movie was... eh. Yeah wasn't bad it wasn't great it was meh and uh so so i don't know that i care to watch the show um and then i'm just looking at the trailers now nightmare alley
0: that looks very interesting
1: it does uh i will check that one out it's uh wow what was the description of it hold on i'm gonna look it up because it's got a lot of good actors, which is why. So Bradley Cooper, Rooney Mara. Um, it's a Guillermo del Toro movie, which is yeah. always going to be good. Uh, mm-hmm. Kate Blanchett, Mary Steenburgen, Willem Dafoe, Tony Collette, Ron Perlman, uh, Tim Blake Nelson. You know, it's got a lot of people. Jim Beaver's in there as Sheriff Jedediah Judd.
0: It doesn't. So
1: it doesn't it, tell you a lot.
0: No, the movie doesn't really tell – the trailer doesn't really tell us anything about what the movie's about. It just says, look at this huge cast we have in here, and it takes place
1: um, – In like the 20s maybe?
0: Yeah, exactly, and there seems to be some sort of carnival and a wall involved in this and
1: that. The official it's- synopsis says, An ambitious carny with a talent for manipulating people with a few well-chosen words hooks up with a female psychiatrist who's even more dangerous than he is.
0: Yeah, when the movie came out, the first movie that came out in 1947, uh, their, their synopsis was, the movie follows the rise and fall of a con man, the story that begins and ends at a seedy traveling carnival. It's based on a movie, that, a book that came out in
1: 1946. Hmm. So. Okay. Um. Uh, We got an official full-on trailer for season three of You, which is going to be even better than the last season, I think, because now we've got two psychopaths living in suburbia.
0: Yeah, it looks pretty interesting.
1: Um, I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, Yeah. Uh, And then nothing for a little while. And today we got a trailer for an Apple TV plus movie called Finch. Starring Tom Hanks. Um.
0: So it looks. It looks good, but it doesn't look. Um, I don't know. What do you think?
1: I I think it's Tom Hanks, so it's going to be charming as hell. Uh, personally, I love the fact that it's all about protecting the dog. Yeah. Uh, I like that he builds the robot, and it's not automatically a super robot. Um, That's true. Yep. I I really wanted Alan Tudyk to be the voice of the robot. Was a little oh, disappointed when he wasn't. No. Yeah. Uh but ultimately I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be a heartwarming thing and because it's on Apple TV Plus and you think about all the stuff that they've got. Uh by the way, just swept the Emmys uh them and Netflix, but uh Ted Lasso took a bunch of Emmys. So uh As I should. Yeah, exactly. Um So I have a feeling that it's going to get a lot of good press. It's going to be very heartwarming. It's going to be very, uh, it looks big. Like the set pieces and the graphics look amazing. Um, I will watch it. I'm not going to say that it is the thing that I'm most excited about, but I will watch it. Yep.
0: I mean, I'll probably watch it myself because it's, yeah, You know, yeah, that exactly. Is, that's a big enough that's a big
1: enough saw, selling draw for me as it is. Yep. So. And then the last one, we finally got a trailer today for the Hulu Marvel animated series based on the comic book Hit Monkey. Yeah,
0: I'm not too sure.
1: Oh, I am so sure. Dude, it's Jason Sudeikis as a hitman who gets taken in by this uh Asian temple that raises these monkeys and he passes away but he passes on all of his knowledge to them and one of the monkeys becomes a hitman for him and can see his ghost so you've got Ted Lasso's ghost being Obi-Wan to a monkey that kills people for a living fuck yeah I'm all over that shit um
0: on to the new side of things real quick <laughs> yes the movies that made us announce their new season coming out October 12th and oh six God, episodes.
1: I the second one yet.
0: I know. I still have to watch uh, <laughs> Jurassic Park and Force Gump and Back to the Future.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, anyhow, um, but it's going to be all horror movies. So we have oh. Aliens, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, sorry. Not all horror movies because Coming to America is in there. So other than Coming to America, it's all horror movies. Okay aliens nightmare on elm street friday the 13th halloween well robocop so i guess not all you know what
1: i mean i love that robocop is in there um when they does it give info like when they say nightmare on elm street friday the 13th halloween are they just doing the first movie in each series or are they doing the franchises i it doesn't say okay i'm very interested in that because they specifically call out aliens Not Alien or the Alien franchise. That is true. So I'm wondering if it's going to be the first movie in each franchise, which I'd be on board with.
0: But Aliens Um, is the second movie.
1: Yeah. And Alien was far different of a movie than Aliens.
0: Yes. Yes, it was.
1: Psychological horror versus action horror.
0: Yeah.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Oh, I got some stuff to watch in October. Hmm. So I'm looking forward to those. Um apparently Only Murders in the Building has already been renewed for a second season. All right. Which again, I'm not surprised when they get stars together like this and they want to keep the momentum going, they probably already started filming the second season and we're just like, yeah, now we'll put out a press release that says that we're you know officially doing a second season so it will drum up more viewership for the first season.
0: Seems accurate.
1: <clears throat> Um, I sent you a nice link to uh, McFarland Toys. Has some badass Princess Bride figures coming out.
0: Talk about pricey, though. Oof.
1: Yeah, yeah, those are hardcore. Forty bucks.
0: Well, so the others are like twenty-five a piece, but which physic, is still a lot of money. But Physic, which is really the only one I'd want, would be Physic, quite frankly, is is forty bucks. Oof.
1: I'm disappointed that they only have those four. They just have Physic, Inigo, uh, Princess Buttercup, and Wesley as the Dread Pirate Roberts. Wesley, yep. And they don't have, you know, Humperdink. They don't have the Six-Fingered Man. Uh, they don't have Vizini. I would love to see Vizini. I would love to see um, uh, Billy Crystal and his wife. Yep. Miracle Max. There we go. Miracle Max and wife. But maybe those will be in like phase two if this does well. But the detail on them is astounding.
0: Yeah, the detail looks pretty unreal. Um, That Andre would be that that physic would be pretty awesome to have because it's such a unique. um, You know, wrestling type figure, that's a non wrestling figure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One of the most detailed Andre figures I've seen in a while.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Now it's just a matter of getting the wife to approve it. Right.
0: Well no, I make my own money, thank you. That's just spending forty bucks on something on one thing. I s eh.
1: yeah. I feel you the there. Issue. That's the issue. So Um apparently Bob Saget has a podcast, didn't realize this. Uh, Scott Bakula was on it recently, and he was quoted as saying, there's very significant conversations about a Quantum Leap reboot going on right now. I don't know what it would be. Don't know who would have it. The rights were a mess for years. I don't know if they've even sorted it out. That's always been the biggest complication. Hmm. Uh, It says Universal TV produced the original series, which could explain the issues with the rights. Bacula did mention that he had many conversations over the years with creator Donald P. Bellisario. Um, So, yeah, there are serious talks. They just got to figure out how they can fucking get it.
0: Dude, he's had 113 episodes. Nice. Damn.
1: You know, what, half of ours? Yep. A third of ours? Um, and the last thing that I had for news that, that, uh, really came up that was big was, uh, Norm Macdonald passed away this week and it was announced that he'd been fighting cancer for nine plus years.
0: Yeah, it's crazy.
1: And didn't want to tell anybody. So nobody knew about it. And as somebody put on there fighting cancer for nine years is the most and not telling anybody is the most Norm (laughs) MacDonald thing that anybody has ever done. (laughs) Like that, that was him. Um, Amazing guy, amazing legacy. Uh, The reason that I wanted to bring it up is because one thing that they did say was, yes, he had finished his part of the production for season three of the Orville. (laughs) So his character yeah, so will cool. be there. Yeah. Um, I think that's it for news for me. Um.
0: Yeah, I don't have anything else either.
1: Well, hot damn.
0: That's the show then.
1: Guess that's a show. It it was um. It was a little bit more than twenty minutes.
0: Yeah, I know. I sarcastically so said, "Let's get this twenty-minute show going," because neither one of us felt like we had much to talk about. <laughs>
1: But with Ted Lasso, we'll always find a way. Seems like.
0: <laughs> Anyhow, uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm SuperstarMel.
1: I'm the Quantum Geek, G33K. Talk to you next week.